Not coming in hot. We're coming in hot. So the first two segments are the usual, just kind of every, everywhere, all over the place. Third segment brings it home, but I'm just talking about the same stuff. Um, I do get a little bit more, uh, That's the word I'm looking for. Um, you know, I just, I get a little bit more honest, I think, in this one towards the end there. I get a little bit more conspiracy theory-ish, but more serious about it, too. Plum Island. Jesse Ventura. Plum Island. Want to do another one? I happen to think last night's comedy hour was kind of funny. It was kind of okay. I mean, it wasn't... It wasn't... It's not going to win any awards, but... I thought it was entertaining. It was funny. We'll see what happens tonight. Um, A few hours from now, we can go check out the sprinklers and see if they turn on at the same time. But we have to do it in a way that's unbiased so we don't taint the experiment. Because if we go sit in the same spot then, you know, we do the same thing, sprinklers just gonna turn on. But at the same time, if we do the same thing, that gives us a constant. We've hit two red lights in a row here in Salt Lake City, and that's what inspired me to make this podcast, this episode, this first segment of the second episode. Uh, First episode of today, isn't it? Yeah, Saturday, hell yeah. First segment, first episode, honk if you see me, honk if you don't. But yeah, I've mentioned in previous episodes, like, Salt Lake City has this talent. Uh, We're technologically advanced here in Salt Lake City. Ever heard of Silicon Slopes? Yeah. We're the Silicon Valley of Utah. We're the Palm Springs of Washington. The only thing is, the only thing is that's three red lights in a row. We've got three now. No, no cross traffic, no. Just to slow everyone down. No fossil fuels. But I was reading about Listeria and Big Olaf, Big, o- Big Olaf, Big Olaf. I don't know how to say it. But it's an ice cream company and 16 out of the 17 flavors that they're making ended up giving, making people sick. It has Listeria in it. Now, let's talk about immunocompromisation. Let's talk about uh, immunodeficiencies and immunocompromised uh, systems. I've seen this chick like twice, and I was like, is that caffeine? It's not caffeine. Second, I thought it was, though. It's like, hey, I think I know her, but I don't. I freaking don't know her. It's a love bike. But if it's a... If you have a compromised immune system, let's just say COVID-19, and then you eat some ice cream, what if listeria is the second component of COVID-19? We're we're talking about this freaking light, man. Everyone's got the green arrow except for me. It's a modular, it's a modular virus. Let's put on our imagination hats. Let's put on our... Let's take a little wild trip into imagination land and speculation land. So the vaccine came out. Everyone got it. And then they had to come out with Omicron to thwart the vaccine attempts. And so everyone got Omicron. Every freaking buddy got Omicron. After two years of safety measures and lengths going to great lengths of making sure you wash your hands, don't touch your face, Jimmy Fallon, and then everyone gets Omicron. So it's a variant, as we all know. Now, I've always just kind of thrown it out there for fun. What if there's a secondary modular virus that attaches itself, that gets activated, How many is this? Four in a row? Five in a row? Just freaking red lights one after the next. For no reason to. Just perfectly timed to where traffic gets moving, gets some momentum. It's bullshit. Hey, I'm really glad this uh, VW Passat was in such a hurry to get around me so we can just get to the red light faster. That's a very smart driver right there. They are in a hurry. 
So it's a modular virus. It attaches itself. It's like, um, uh, it's HIV when it goes to full-blown AIDS. Please send your hate mail and hate letters to P.O. Box, Bling Vieira Podcast. I've been saying it from the start that it's a modular virus. I don't know if modular virus, virus is even a thing. But I'm pretending that it is for right now for the sake of this episode. To start some controversies, to get some, to get your noodle going, to get some, some thoughts, get those juices flowing, to get you all hot. There's an RX-7 right there. Oh, damn, there's like a car club. There's a... Oh, got it. Damn. Dude, RX-7s... I like RX-7s. A Mazda RX-7. You guys know what RX stands for? Anyone? The RX in RX-7 and RX-8 stands for Rotary Experiment. A rotary engine has... It's a very complicated, it's a very, very complicated engine. And, but it, the output, the energy output that a rotary engine can produce is much greater than just your regular old inline six or whatever uh, other. So it's like a two liter engine on a rotary engine. It's a modular virus. And I've been saying it, man. That's what my theory was from the start. And I was hoping I'd never catch it, but I did. I I caught something in January that made my smell and taste go away. Does anyone... Have you ever wondered why it's just been smell and taste? Why those are the two uh, symptoms and side effects from catching this virus? Any thoughts? You know when you're walking by the shoreline at a beach or a lake, a large lake, even a river, even a river, and you smell something terrible, and you're like, oh, it smells like something died. And it's like dead fish, just rotting fish, and there's like flies and stuff. Imagine if you couldn't smell that, though. Couldn't smell the death around you. What if you couldn't taste whether or not something has gone rancid or foul? These potatoes, this borscht, this borscht soup, this beet soup, this borscht doesn't taste good to me. And someone who doesn't have any taste is just like, dude, it tastes tastes fine to me. Oh, what, this borscht? 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 This borscht tastes tastes fine to me. I can't taste anything or smell anything, so... It's like, yeah, it smells like someone died next door, too. I can't taste anything. I don't smell anything. So, eat up. You gonna finish that? But yeah, it came from bats. So... You know, bats are the only flying mammal that there is. No, a squirrel is a rodent. Flying squirrel? No, flying squirrel's a rodent, man. Dude, everybody knows flying squirrels are rodents. Everybody knows that. But reading a little bit about this big Olaf thing. Let's see, where did it come out of? Florida. Okay, check. You know, since I'm just going to go ahead and make this podcast a controversial podcast, this episode especially, this is the episode that started it all. This is the episode that started my Alex Jones career. This is the episode where I started carrying the mantle for Alex Jones. Yeah, I guess they found out already. Busted. But anything coming out of Florida, New Jersey, Chicago, New York, Texas, Pennsylvania, and possibly Kansas, Idaho, don't eat it. Don't, don't entertain it. Should I leave the air on? I'll leave the air on for this first segment. We only got one minute left anyway. I mean, it's probably okay, but it's like, well, bling, why aren't we supposed to eat anything from Florida, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Chicago, maybe Kansas or Texas? Well, it's because it's potentially not safe. You see, as as I just mentioned, 
the modular virus. If you were a organization uh, and you organized various crimes, what if uh, you could terrorize a population by through everyday means, through um, everyday activities, paranormal activities. Is it going to be an episode I regret making? Mm, I don't think I've ever really regretted an episode. Is it one I'm going to be embarrassed about? Yeah, maybe for a couple days, maybe for a little bit. But that, sometimes I have stellar episodes and I get embarrassed about that for a couple days anyway, so it doesn't really matter. But let's just say, let's say you have an independent researcher, an independent analyst who's been kind of going off on his own, trying to be a hero, and all because of a freaking e-commerce company ripped him off, he had some extra time on his hands, about to be homeless. Yeah, let's do a little bit of research. Let's try and get to the bottom of things, shall we? Now, it's pretty clear to me that there's a connection between eBay and Russia. But don't, go, go look for yourself. Okay, so that we've established. We're, we're talking about landing pages. We're talking about man-in-the-middle scams. We're talking about IP addresses. It's not that sophisticated overall, but they're basically infiltrating the entire internet. E-commerce as we know it, all of your email links and stuff, there's no way to know if that's, if that's true or if it's just a hyperlink. There's no way to know. How's your borscht, borscht soup? Can't taste it, can't smell it, same. So why discriminate against these specific states then? Like what, Florida, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Chicago, New York, some parts of Delaware it seems like might be uh, affected by things. So it's kind of just like the Eastern part of the United States. Um, why discriminate against those states as far as, like, produce and goods go? Well, if we're doing a little role-playing, a little sci-fi, just, you know, using our imaginations. Um, because if COVID-19 was a modular virus to where you could get full-blown, it turns into something else, you know after a certain out of an incubation time frame. If there's nefarious people and nefarious groups that are trying to undermine the United States that have sort of been here for a while and they know the system and they know how to talk to others in, our, in English, they're pretty much from the United States. But they don't like the United States. They have, I don't, kind of like me, except it's a little bit more extreme than that. Like, I don't like police and I don't like the government. But the United States as a whole, well, I like the people. They're okay, I guess. They're all right. Yeah, they're all right. It's just that we've kind of let things slide a little bit here. I think overall, the culture, politically, um... Even individually, I think some of us have gotten a little lax and sloppy, a little lazy on our due diligence with things. So why Pennsylvania then? Or why these states specifically? Well, let's talk about Hershey, Pennsylvania. Let's talk about how Hershey's chocolate isn't real chocolate. And if you have a Kit Kat in Vancouver or Ontario, then you know. You know. It's a, it's a eye-opening experience. It's a... Um, it's an awakening for a lot of people. For me, it was. I mean, Kit Kats were kind of my favorite for a long time. And then I looked at the, the packaging. It's like, oh, Hershey, Pennsylvania. Oh, I, I would like to visit there someday. And see what the culture is like, the Amish culture is like over there. And then I had real chocolate from outside of the United States in Vancouver. And I was like, wait a minute. These are Kit Kats? Because these taste like... 
a million times better than American Kit Kats. Like, oh yeah, it's real chocolate on the, in those Kit Kats. Like, you're kidding me. So what are we eating? Oh, it's Hershey's chocolate from Hershey, Pennsylvania. Like, well, I thought that was good chocolate too. And it's like, no, man. <clears throat> nope. That's fake chocolate, my friend. It's the sugar tax and all that other dumb shit that the United States decided to do. It's like, yeah, the metric system. And, and police, let's not forget about police. And the hiring process and like freaking mandatory drug tests, no matter what you're freaking bagging groceries. Background checks and stuff, it's just kind of pointless. But you have to think about all those drug tests. You have, they have to get analyzed by a lab somewhere. And that money has to, someone has to pay for that. So it's kind of like a system. It's kind of like a scheme or a scam anyways. The drug testing is, well, labs have to get paid. So yeah, the onboarding process. So my point is, is that Hershey, Pennsylvania has Amish folks there. And I think a lot of times we expect quality from those particular neighborhoods and we don't get it we end up getting american chocolate instead we end up getting hershey's instead instead of like real chocolate regular chocolate like real chocolate let's get serious so big olaf ice cream olaf isn't really all that common of a, you know of a name here not, not in these parts of town no, it's not. We don't take kindly to strangers. It's nothing like that. It's not. It's not nothing like that. Your name could be Abracadabra for all I care. But I'm just a little bit hesitant. I'm a little bit nervous to start I was talking about New Jersey and stuff last night anyway. So let's just say it's sabotage. Let's just say it's sabotage. A worker was purposely letting the dairy go rancid, go bad, gets listeria in it. And it just so happens that that affects people in different ways. If you're uh, at risk elderly or if you're a pregnant woman, if you're trying to, well, if you're with child, you can't get an abortion, not these days. No way. So, no, you can't. It's, it's illegal now, I guess. Something. Yeah, so you're pregnant, and then you eat this big Olaf ice cream. What happens? Uh-oh, we've got problems. And where did it come from? Florida. So the Supreme Court, the extreme court, starts doing whatever, gets everyone talking, gets everyone paranoid. Ice cream comes out. It's a secondary component. It's a modular virus. Yeah, if I had some money for beer, I could do Alex Jones right now. I totally could. We'll see if I can sell anything tonight. I'm gonna try and sell stuff tonight. Sell a keyboard, some more stuff. Got an ultrasonic cleaner too over here. Oh yeah, it's a professional one. It's made in the United States. Um, it's a little bit of an older model, but it's pro. A and R, I think is what it's called. Someone offered me a hundred bucks. I was like, no, I'm not gonna take it. Like, no, I'm like, I probably should have taken that hundred bucks. Well, I went ahead and I did a little bit of detective work. Okay, and so. Let's, if you want me to back it up with actual facts, then maybe I will. Okay, I will. Freaking fine. Give me a second. Let me get to it. Cases. War, this is from NPR.org. This is NPR.org. Cases were reported in Florida, Colorado, Georgia, Illinois, Kansas, Massachusetts, Minnesota, New Jersey, New York, and Pennsylvania. The CDC urges businesses that sold the ice cream to clean and disinfect any areas and equipment that may have touched the recalled products, including ice cream scoops and other serving ut whoops, utensils. The big Olaf Creamery in Florida halted production and distribution of its ice cream after the Florida Department of Agriculture and Consumer Services invested, investigated the outbreak. Do you guys want me to go over that one more time just for my fans listening in at home? Cases were reported in Florida, Colorado, Georgia, Illinois, 
Kansas, Massachusetts, Minnesota, New Jersey, New York, and Pennsylvania. So what does that mean? Nothing really. I mean, that's just where the cases were reported. We had Florida, New Jersey, and Pennsylvania on that one too. So according to my analysis, it's, um, it's, this is kind of a bigger deal than what a lot of us are expecting or anticipating right now as far as, like, the future of the United States. I'm not joking around, man. All right, I can try. I'm not trying to sensationalize anything. I'm not trying to sensationalize anything. But I'll give it a shot. Sunday, July 17th is National Ice Cream Day. But before you celebrate Ice Cream Sunday by eating or smearing your entire body with ice cream, make sure that you check out a July 13th U.S. Food and Drug Administration FDA ice cream recall announcement. If you recall, I covered the Forbes on July 1st, a Listeria monocytogenes outbreak linked to Florida that at the time had no clear food source. Well, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, the CDC, has since gotten the scoop on what may be behind this outbreak that has already gotten at least 23 people sick, 22 hospitalized, and one dead. And it's big. The big Olaf Creamery brand of ice cream, that is. That why the Saratosa, Florida-based company, is recalling all flavors, all lots, and all expiration dates through June 20th, 2022, of its big Olaf brand ice cream products, according to the U.S., good and drug administration um this is supposed to be forbes there's two typos right there that why the saratosa florida-based company and then also according to u.s good and drug administration fda no that's food and drug this is forbes magazine this is written by bruce y lee i'm a writer journalist professor systems modeler computational and digital health expert, avocado eater, and entrepreneur, not always in that order, uh, published just a few hours ago, June 16th. But, um, okay. Here's a tweet from FDA on the recall, along with a Big Olaf product label for its vanilla ice cream. Big Olaf Creamery recalls ice cream because of possible health risk. Again, this recall ain't just vanilla. It's apple caramel swirl, it's peach, it's cherry cordial, it's royal banana crunch. It's mint to include all ice cream flavors from Big Olaf. This includes Big Olaf brand ice cream sold in plastic pint-sized containers, plastic half-gallon containers, and plastic two-and-a-half-gallon tubs. The FDA has indicated that the recalled ice cream products have been sold at Big Olaf retailers and to restaurants and senior homes in Florida, as well as location, as a location in Fredericksburg, Ohio. Fredericksburg, Ohio, you say. But people and ice cream do travel to and from Florida. So of the 23 reported Listeria cases from the outbreak, 12 have been in Florida, two in Massachusetts, two in New York, one apiece in Colorado, Georgia, Illinois, Kansas, Minnesota, New Jersey, and Pennsylvania. Outbreak investigators found no cone of silence okay it's a play on words is what he's okay clever I, I took the bait i fell for it no cone of silence when they interviewed 18 of those who had gotten infected with the listeria bacteria all 18 reported having having eaten ice cream that screamed for ice cream as a potential culprit we all scream for you shall not pass remember that when i said that Ice cream, you scream, you all scream fruit, you shall not pass. Go back and listen to all my episodes, you'll find it. Digging deeper into the ice cream tub revealed that 10 of these folks recalled either specifically eating Big Olaf Creamery brand ice cream or eating ice cream at places that might have served Big Olaf Creamery products. Then officials found that this outbreak was a bit of a cluster bleep. The CDC defines an illness cluster as two or more people who do not live in the same household 
who report eating food from the same retail location before coming ill. In other words, if you find that two or more people who normally have nothing to do with each other ate food from the same retail location and then subsequently got sick, then you've got to wonder whether that location was serving contaminated food. According to the CDC, the investigation revealed three illness clusters with each centered around a retail location that sold Big Olaf Creamery ice cream. What's all the hysteria about regarding this bacteria? Well, Listeria swirl would certainly not be a good type of ice cream. As I've described for Forbes previously, consuming Listeria monocytogenes can leave you with a very bad gut feeling, including diarrhea, along with a fever and muscle aches. Even bigger problems can arise when the bacteria goes beyond your gut into, a, into your bloodstream and central nervous system. That would be invasive Listerosis. Listeriosis, sorry. Listerosis? Invasive listeriosis, which can be very life-threatening. That's the CDC tweeted out the following about Big Olaf ice cream. Listeria outbreak update. Big Olaf creamery recalled ice cream on July 13th. The ice cream was sold or served in stores, restaurants, and senior homes in Florida. And one Big Olaf store in Fredericksburg, Ohio, don't eat, sell, or serve recalled ice cream. This is someone saying, yeah. Yes, if you have any of the big Olaf Creamery ice cream products affected by the recall, treat them as not an ice cream. Forbes, writing for Forbes. Think about the MC Hammer. He is writing for Forbes. Hell yeah, think about the MC Hammer song, Can't Touch This. Don't eat them or feed them to anyone else. You know, <clears throat> typically, I think it's dumb or tacky to say, hey, I'll have whatever they're having, whatever he's on. But really, whatever he is on, I will have some of that. Don't eat them or feed them to anyone else. Throw away all such products. Either thoroughly clean or discard anything that may have touched the ice cream. Obviously, you'll have to decide which things to clean versus discard, such as your significant other's face. Is this... So if you want to make this Sunday legendary, double check to see what ice cream you may be served... You want to make sure that you get your just desserts on National Ice Cream Day. Follow me on Twitter. I will follow you on Twitter, Bruce Wiley. I'm a writer, journalist, professor, systems modeler, computational and digital health expert, media, medical doctor, avocado eater, and entrepreneur, not always in that order. Currently, I'm a professor of health policy and management at the Sydney University of New York. School of Public Health Executive Director and Center for Advanced Technology and Communication mm-hmm. in Health. And founder and CEO of SimSilico, my previous positions include serving as professor by courtesy at the John Hopkins Carey Business School, Executive Director of the Global Obesity Prevention Center at John Hopkins University, Associate Professor of International Health at the John Hopkins Bloomberg School of Public Health, Associate Professor of Medicine and Biomedical Informatics, Informatics, Pittsburgh. Hmm. Is this true or what? Is this? I've authored over 250 scientific publications in three books. I've also written articles for the New York Times, the Garden Huff Post, Tuesday Today, BBC. Is this one of those links? Did I click on one of those links? Because. Oh, it looks... Well, yeah, I guess it's quite a... Well, I always, I was always told you want to put your resume to fit on one page. He's got a lot of... That's a quite a lengthy list of... Um, we're, we're already in 10 minutes of the third segment. Are you kidding me? We might have to publish a few episodes here. We might have to publish a few. I like that style of writing. I'm a little bit distracted. I like that style of writing. At the same time, I think, well, no, I think there's a time and place for it. And I think he was probably doing all right. Maybe have a couple glasses of wine. Why not, you know? And I try and get a job over at Sarcos, and they're too busy. They, no, we looked at your resume, and you're not good. And he's over here writing in Forbes magazine. But yeah, he did have a long resume, so... Well, just on a side note here, as far as the distraction goes, now I'm distracted enough from that article. 
as as you are all aware, all my fans tuning in at home, uh, I've not been exactly doing the best financially. So I've been talking about calling my boss for I don't know how long, right? Probably a couple months now. Probably since May. It's like, well, I'm going to call my boss. I'm going to call my ex-boss, my old boss. And so yesterday I did. And he wasn't there. So I was like, all right, we'll have him call me. So he called me today. Luckily, luckily, I was able to tell him a little bit about eBay and e-commerce, and he totally agreed. Uh, we talked about uh, retail coming back, brick and mortar. He totally agreed. Um, and then, you know, he's kind of uh, heading out on retirement age, just like I am, full head of gray hair. Um, and it was nice to touch base with him. It was nice to talk to him. But it was, it was pretty humiliating to ask for like a loan or ask for help. And I didn't think it would be all that humiliating, but it kind of was. And there's nothing, you know, it's, that's how it goes. He even acknowledged, he's like, well, I know it's not easy for you to ask that. So I just wanted you to know that. And I was like, yeah, okay, well, you should, you should appreciate that. Um, but shoot, man. Like, I'm over here trying to do all this research and analysis and just really trying to, really trying to get to the bottom of things. And then, yeah, my, my blog, sure. My blog is a little bit uh, written in, in the same manner. That's true. That's a good point. It's not like my writing is totally technical and totally serious all the time, because it's not. My blog is just that. I, I write something in here after the, publishing this episode. But it is a little bit discouraging to not be taken as seriously um, because I'm not I don't have this huge resume of bouncing from one hospital to the next uh, as my credentials I mean I'm a certified I'm a board certified optician so it's yeah, the American Board of Opticianry so it's not like I'm flying blind here it must be nice to, you know, be appreciated a little bit. But really, in my quest, my journey to figure out what the hell's going on and how, how did this happen with eBay getting infiltrated and uh, internet security and e-commerce and cybersecurity just going, like, rampant, rampant right now. Um, people on Reddit who are, like, part of the scam are trying to, to slowly... Um, you can call it an infestation, but slowly infiltrate and uh, slowly uh, conduct an espionage here uh, through various message boards, through Reddit, through eBay, through whatever community, eBay's community. <laughs> and I don't know what the scale is. It could be two or three people that act as 15, or it just could be a swaths, swaths of people. Either way, I'm trying to figure it out, and I'm glad that you guys are along for the journey with me. Um, so when I read an article like that, I know it's fun. It's ice cream day. It's, a, it's about ice cream. It's about serious issues. He is a doctor, so he does know what he's talking about. He does know the severity of it. Um, he's still trying to have fun, so he's writing an article on a Saturday for Forbes. Like... It, that um, this is no criticism of him or his personality at all, but it just feels like, you know, I possibly could have written an article that was. I mean, I'm an okay writer, but I probably could have written something. But that would entail me getting paid for like work and stuff, and so right now I don't. I don't have that uh, opportunity or that luxury to be paid. I'm just doing it all, all on my own. Just independent research, independent investigation, independent journalism, absolutely. And I'm starting to connect the dots here. And as far as like the infiltration goes and like uh, coming to uh, different various websites and communicating with people and uh, reading some of the interactions that I see, I mean, how, how much of them are actually legit and valid and like how much can you actually, um, like how much weight do, does my anecdotal research even have? 
and admittedly that's not it's not a lot but also admittedly it's still pretty pretty new here um we're pretty fresh out of the gate but the it seems to me it appears to me that they're trying to spread um a type of culture um and the best way that i can describe it right now is well that's just the cost of doing business it's this e-commerce excuse to scam excuse to rip people off and that's just the cost of doing business if you lost some that's just how it is sometimes when e-commerce but it doesn't have to be it does not have to be the cost of doing business the cost of doing business is what you pay for goods received and the cost it is to manufacture and ship those items that's the cost of doing business not getting ripped off not getting your identity stolen um not phishing emails and scams and uh, condescension on, on websites. I mean, Reddit really is, um, for me, it has been like a, a window into um, things possibly to come. But if anything, I'm getting better at um, identifying and recognizing actors who are probably trying to protect others. Um, not too long ago, a couple days ago, I talked about, I was on Twitter and this uh, woman was talking about kind of going through an extortion through a real estate, um, some, someone in real estate, and I don't know. But it was, a, it was the same kind of tactics. It was that double team tactics. And it was like, someone would say, that's a stoop. That sounds crazy. You're crazy for not accepting the 3% commission that they're trying to charge you. Why would you only do 2%? And then someone else responded to it. And I said, I read her response and it didn't sound all that crazy. And it's called Krisha. Krisha. It's like insurance. It's, uh, Krisha means the roof. It's just the cost of doing business. You have to pay people to uh, look out for your business. It's there's not. It's not. Um, it's not like here. If you don't have, if you don't pay someone, if you're not paying like for security or some uh, um, for accounting, whatever. If you're not kind of spreading the wealth along to like others who are trying to extort you then it really is the cost of doing business your business is screwed like that's just how it works over there and maybe in some places here too maybe um, i'm finding out a lot more about um, american culture and american business capitalism and how it uh, it's conducted here and i'd say for the most part i think everyone's trying to jump through the hoops and be as honest as possible but there's always going to be corruption, I think, to some degree. Now, when it comes to, is it possible to get rid of co corruption? Is it um, just going to exist forever? That's what I used to think. But Georgia, the country Georgia, um, beautiful architecture too, by the way. The country Georgia is like, that's some really nice architecture. Uh, from, from what I've been reading, from what I've been researching, Georgia has been kind of an example of how to, or um, the possibility, the potential of a corrupt country or a corrupt nation, a corrupt sovereignty, how they can end up functioning um, in a relatively regular, non-corrupt way, non-corrupt fashion. And probably within a time frame of 10 years or so, so a couple administrations uh, here, a couple presidencies here in the United States is what that would translate into. So that being said, and that observation being made, um, it's maybe safe to assume that if it can be turned around within a decade, that it can be completely flipped upside down within a decade too. So if you have our culture, American culture, um, ways of doing business here, it starts to get slowly infiltrated, but over, over like the span of a decade, over 10 years, and just slowly creeping in.
I mean, I don't, I don't like bringing up political systems or economies um, and, and comparing them and pointing fingers, just like with politics. This party said this, that party said that, your administration, that administration. Like, it gets toxic, it gets tiring, it gets exhausting. And, like, in the end, what can you do to change it? What can you do to solve it? That, you know, I don't have the answers for all, you know, for everything. It might be from the future, but come on. I'm doing it all free anyway still, too. Keep that in mind. Um, but again, doing all this research and trying to get caught up on history and, and what's going on here and sort of the strategy that's being used, uh, Maoist, Maoist um, doctrine or protocols, uh, the Long March. If you do, if you look at China as an example of having like extreme poverty, to everything is manufactured there. They have roads, they have technology. Um, that happened, you know, in within one generation. And if you consider uh, the Chinese regime being next to the Russian regime. You have two superpowers there that are uh, quite capable individually, but if they both have the same economic and political goals in mind, and they both probably have a lot of disdain towards the West, towards the United States, for all the meddling and uh, politics that are involved, um, If they've been focused on this strategy and this plan and the time came to, work to execute the plan, how are you going to stop that? How are you going to interfere with that? And the only thing that I would say that you can do right now is just recognize it. Start, start to recognize it. Try to recognize it. So, so what am I getting at? Why am I talking about all this? Maoist, the Long March, like these are uh, communist um, tactics to infiltrate um, different countries, but it takes time. I think with American culture, with American society, it's it's uh, the. Attention spans are much shorter these days, and everything has to be done now. Let's just drop some bombs, let's carpet bomb everything, let's get some missiles, let's like flex our military power that we spent all this taxpayer money on. Let's, let's display that for the world. And that, it has worked un until now, I would argue during that time of missiles and bombs in Iraq and Afghanistan and Vietnam and the fall of Saigon, just what an absolute waste. What an absolute waste. 20 years in Vietnam. And it's like, yeah, well, still communist. You guys tried to stop it, but you didn't. And you just made things shittier and worse, so way to go. And then to go into Afghanistan for 20 years after that. It's, it doesn't make sense. And during that time, instead of dropping bombs, instead of doing, there's the f collapse of the Soviet Union in like 91, but ever since 1917, the Russian Revolution, uh, they could have been, okay, get a couple generations, let's get them over to the United States, let's get them over there. Let's, let's start this. Let's start this plan now in 1917, so that way 2017 will be good to go. Bring technology into the mix, bring the internet into the mix, bring message boards and chat rooms. And Sometimes, I mean, it's not just a strategy. Um, it's just whatever sticks, and it, strategies fail, strategies work, but that's what's going on here, I think, for the most part. 
I'm not saying big Olaf ice cream is. But if you use your imagination and think about it, like what are the possibilities of just it, it being that easy to where it's like, well, we poisoned this ice cream and there you go. Like how popular is it? Like how many people eat it? Uh, how practical is it? I think that's what we're figuring out. I think that's it's what they're figuring out right now is what's working and what doesn't. What's effective and what isn't. You know, I used to think, like, I've only seen the movie The Departed, I think. I think I, I've seen it twice. And it was years ago. Last time I watched it was like, yeah, it was a long time ago. Like, yeah, 2008 or whenever it was, 2009. Um, and I used to think, like, dang, uh, you mean to tell me, like, these these dudes, these bosses had these kids, like, join, you know, get in on, get in on the police force, and then the other one's going to get into, like, petty crime, and, like, dang, that's a pretty, like, that's a lot of work, but you get in there, then you're, so, yeah, you take it over, infiltrate it. It might take two decades, it might take three decades, but if you're funding uh, the education of, of these people, and if you're encouraging them and whatever, like, it, it's certainly possible. Sure, that's just a movie, and uh, but if you had the discipline and the organization of it to, to execute properly, then you could, like, absolutely infiltrate uh, upper echelons of the government, um, police captains, and all across the board. Um, you, you could have storefronts as money laundering schemes, eBay, e-commerce, just ripping everybody off. You work for eBay, they get their friends in, they get their friends in. Working from home, just hack in, the password. Spread it around, get some sort of um, kind of like code. I mean, it's not like you have to have a cipher and stuff, or maybe you do, but just kind of code words or kind of cues and, and and chat rooms and Reddit. Let's see how the Food and Drug Administration reacts to wisteria in just some bacteria and some ice cream. And then let's uh, get some damages for it too. Some reparations. Because like how effective it, one person has died. And I, I think it was um, a woman out of Chicago, I believe. And that was back in January. So this is what, six months ago? It, it takes time to, to, I guess, to figure this stuff out. But like, like what if it was worse than this? Or what if it, what if I'm right? Let's just say what if I'm right. And what if it was just, um, just more malicious, more damaging. You know, like, uh, I've seen some stuff on some community boards here by the studio, and some family nights and doing stuff. Um, I don't know where the pool is around here, but oh, it must be over that pool over there. So it's like pool night, family night, family movie night. And then I'll get an email and say it's all canceled because of different variants and, and strains. And it just makes me wonder, like, who's releasing this stuff? How do these strains get? Is it just because they're mutations? Or um, am I thinking about it too much, maybe? Probably, yeah. I've got a lot of time on my hands, I guess, lately. But I know... Uh, that it's not okay for businesses to to do what eBay did to me. And so that's what started all this um, research, analysis, and just trying to get to the bottom of it. Like, who's, who's behind it here and what's going on? And it just more and more, it's pointing, it's pointing toward organized crime uh, within eBay. And that's when I noticed, you know, six executives uh, terrorizing uh, 
a journalist over in um, Massachusetts. And that's when I really started to think like, okay, this could be real. If they're doing that, if eBay's doing that, if eBay's like CEO and head of security, upper levels, then there's nothing to keep them and the employees below from ripping people off, passwords, accounts, hacking them, uh, just lying, taking money, $20 service fees for whatever. It's so bad. But if it's more than that, if, if it's just everyone was kind of late and just waiting and then they got the okay with Ukraine and Russia and like this is probably just the start of it, like just barely the tip of the iceberg here, the ice cream berg. It's just the tip of the ice cream berg. Um, you know, after World War II, there were different political factions that uh, tried to, that were opinionated and, and wanted to spread their message uh, across the land. And, you know, people, people will say academia is left-wing and liberal and... Um, I just know Columbia is the most expensive school. I think, or at least it used to be. Yeah, Columbia. Do you guys know? Do you guys know what Columbia used to be called? Anyone? I don't remember either. Well, I think I'm gonna end it there, and we'll do another episode tonight here. I think, and probably do some more research on it and just try to figure it out. Probably write a blog or something and put that link in the description to description down below. What I need to do is get some freaking beer around here. So, um, what can you guys do about it? Well, let's just keep paying attention. Don't eat big Olaf ice cream. And just, uh, I know a lot of stuff comes out of Florida. I'm more populated states get more action. But let's start paying attention to things here. And let's start looking out for each other if we can. But if anything, if anything, just try and be happy. Try and be nice. You guys are the coolest. Thanks for listening. Good luck together.